Hello to the good people. Welcome to the Ultimate Football Fan Podcast. Sugar Free Lucas, Sports Guy David, and our special fan guest, Joseph Silva. How you doing, Joseph? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain. There you go. There you go. He's also in our fantasy football league as well. So thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. We're not talking fantasy. We are talking week two review. And man, a lot of crazy games, a lot of, a lot of I don't know about to say upsets, but um, I went eight and eight, even Steven and Lucas went nine and seven. His winning percentage is 59.3 minus 46.8. I passed that. I passed with a bold prediction. I had a bold prediction with the Lions, like more of a fun prediction. I could have went 10 to 6. I'm just throwing that out there, but I I had to be a little bit bit of a fun guy. But uh, we got, yeah, Joseph here, um, our special fan guest. And so, you know how we like to do, we like to delve into our fans, give a little bit of a profile before we talk about the rest of our podcast and get into these games. So, Joseph. Welcome, and uh, why don't you let the people know who's your favorite team and why is your favorite team? So I'm a big fan of the Los Angeles Rams, and we are a Rams family here because my dad grew up watching them. So he's it's his baby, his Rams. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we have our season tickets for the Rams, and we just, every week during football, we're like, oh, man, what about this, 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 this? So it kind of takes over the whole house. Like, you kind of have to be a Rams fan if you live here. Oh, that's sick. So, wait, you went to week one? Uh, I did not go to week one, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, do you have tickets for the whole fam? How does that work? Like, it? Uh, We we have two tickets, so we kind of alternate who goes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so, okay. I will cool. be going to Sunday Night Football against the Titans this year. Ooh, that should be a very good game. You got your like name written down for that one, huh? Like, you're yeah. like, that's me for sure. What, what, um, when is that going to happen? November. November. So, uh, what about like any other games you're about to go sooner before that? Uh, I want to go like Cardinals because Kyler Murray is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure is. I wanted to see Tom Brady to boo Tom Brady, but I'm not dropping $350. (laughs) So, (laughs) for sure. Okay, so I know Joseph because uh, he was my coworker. Uh, at the movie theater back in the day, pre-COVID, rest in peace. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't have any memories before COVID, to be honest. Uh, but Joseph, uh, you actually write for the Diamond Digest as a baseball writer. Go ahead and talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, so we're like a very um analytics-driven company. You know, we don't do the traditional. You know, he hit well, he didn't hit well. Recapping games, we're more of the why this happened. Mm. You know what I mean? Albert Pujols is hitting well with the Dodgers. This is why. Instead oh, okay. of Albert Pujols is hitting well, end of story. So we use analytics to break down, you know, this is it. And then kind of look at the film and say, this is what we are looking at and everything. So we're a very forward thinking company in that way. Oh, that's really cool. That's uh, and then uh, how long have you been doing that for? About six months now. Oh, so fairly new. That's tight. Yeah. That's really cool, bro. So and, let, uh, I think I got a Dodger question for you then. Okay, so I'm a big Dodger fan. The super team stuff is kind of bugging me, but I like the underdogs. So what do you think uh, the Dodgers are going to do with their relief pitching? Their starting pitching probably would have to say one of the greatest. They've got the position players. What What's up with the relief pitching? What you think there's going to be moves here or – what guys you like, and I'm not a big fan of Jansen. Don't get me started with him, 
But so, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, don't. I went to a Dodger game, and oh my god, I, I'm in the left field where the yeah. bullpen is, and holy shit, dude, the way they get him pumped, I'm like, oh, you know, they're gonna be encouraging everyone. Everyone in the left field pavilion hates Jensen. They fucking booing him, and they're like, yeah. oh. I was like, oh my god. But like, what's up with this relief pitching? Because that's been like the dagger for the Dodgers for for quite a while now. I mean, as be- as cliche as it is, is to say Dave Roberts, it's Dave Roberts. <laughs> he uh, he pisses me off sometimes, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I'm a very public Kenley Jansen defender. Oh, okay. But he's oh. good if you use him correctly. Okay. If he pitches on back-to-back nights, his cutter has half the movement it does. His ERA is 6.53, gives up nearly two home runs a night per nine. Walks wow. double, strikeouts fall. And if you look at all his blown saves, you know, Oakland back-to-back. The two saves he blew in that horrible, like, four-game stretch, back-to-back nights he was pitching. You have Blake Trinan. You have Joe Kelly. I mean, you mean these pay are enough. the arms you have to use. Don't burn them all in one night, and then you have to pitch Trinan on a back-to-back and Kelly on a back-to-back, and then you don't have anybody – it's just not a well-managed situation. That's a good way to look at it because his ERA was uh, 2.5, I believe, yeah. uh, overall, which is actually pretty not. It's not that bad, but his records two and four last time I checked might have changed. I think it's two and four his record for the year. I believe so. And if you just exclude that bad stretch in July, his ERA is sub two. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's elite. It's just he was used improperly. Yeah. And Blake Trinan's elite. It's a 1A, 1B situation now. It's yeah, not – you. we need six outs in game six of the World Series. Go get a six outs. That's not going to happen anymore with Kenley Jansen. He hasn't gives, been that guy in a while. Yeah, that too gives me high blood pressure and anxiety. I just – every time my dad knows I don't like Jensen, so every time – He's pitching my dad. We won't text for days. He'll just be like, hey, your boy's up. And I'm like, great. It's either going to be really good or really bad. But, okay, that, that was a good take. I like that uh, because um, a lot of Dodger fans are too biased and they won't, you know, put it out there. I like how you're pretty much yeah. down the middle because it is Dave Roberts. He makes some weird decisions when it comes to pitching, and sometimes I don't like it. But moving moving on to football, um, we could review last week. That's what this podcast is for. Washington uh, beating – the Giants off of an offside penalty that first missed the kick, and then they went again and got the kick. Uh, initial thoughts for me was, uh, of course, the Giants are just, oh, my God. And actually, Daniel Jones wasn't looking too bad. Yeah, it's just, They need to get all their playmakers involved. Shaquan Barkley, I mean, people are writing him off already. I'm not. I just think it's the offensive line. It's just been bad than last year. Our boy Steven, he's in our league too, in the fantasy league. He knows it all. He knows it very well. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll go to you first, Joseph. Uh, what was your first like? What What was your thoughts on that game? I think like the Giants. Yes, you can talk about the offsides penalty. I'm looking more at that drop touchdown. Oh, because you everyone blames what you remember first. No one remembers the three plays you kind of left on the table that when that makes that situation impossible to begin with. You know what I mean? If they executed better, they would have won that game. That's true. Uh, f- 
for me, I mean, I think I think the Giants definitely deserve to lose that game. I mean, I, I everyone talks about the the false start, and which is crazy because actually they reviewed it the next day and said it or it was offside, not false start, and said it actually oh, yeah. was a perfectly timed uh, jump on the ball. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, I forget who got that penalty, but he timed the, the snap perfectly. De- but in, Dexter Lawrence, I, yeah, yeah, Dexter Lawrence, and uh, it was just it was incredibly timed. To where in real time it looks like offsides and you're going to call it. Uh, but I'm going to point to a bunch of different things. And like you said, the Slayton drop also. And also the Giants play calling on defense on that drive, on that game-winning field goal drive. Uh, there was a third and five. And to Isla Heineke, uh, I think he hits Adam Humphreys for a seven-yard to convert that third down. And it was clearly what the... Washington football team was going to do. They were going to just try to get to the sticks, obviously an outside pass uh, because they had no timeouts. So why did you not protect the sticks? And why did you not protect the sidelines? If you're the giants, one of the most fundamental things to do uh, at that point uh, in the game, every, everyone knows what the Washington football team is trying to do there. And so I point, I look at all those three different aspects of the game and I say, yeah, you know, the Giants had an opportunity to win this, to uh, nod it all up, uh, get some ground in this division, and I didn't. It's surprising how Daniel Jones is four and zero against besides this game uh, in the past four games against Washington Football Team because of how lackluster the Giants are. This is the fifth year in a row, I believe, they started zero and two, and it's going to be so hard for them to bounce back. Saquon, I don't think he looked like himself. Uh, Steven, our Giants uh, Giants fan, uh, has been pointing it out that he hasn't looked great. It's going to take some time for him to get back. But um, there was a lot of opportunities here for them to win this game, and they just couldn't close it out. Um, but to give Washington football team some credit, Taylor Heineke looks like the real deal, I think. Um, I think he could definitely lead this team. How many times is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to lose his starting job? I'm definitely going to do a video on that just to point out the history because yeah. it's incredible. But um, I think this guy brings a spark. He's really mobile. He's underratedly fast. Like I don't think that uh, many people really point out his speed. And he makes really good decisions. The one interception they had, James Bradbury, I really thought that that was just a bad play call in general where they should have just been running the ball uh, for the rest of the game and run the clock out uh, to win it. Right before that interception, uh, Antonio Gibson had a 10-yard run for a first down, and they didn't really use Gibson as much. You would think it was actually him coming off the ACL injury instead of Saquon. Um, but kudos to Washington football team staying in there. A tough divisional game, and they, they really needed this one. Keith need to point out that Daniel Jones only passed for uh, 22 or he only passed for 32 times compared to Washington's 46. I just don't believe in Jason Garrett. I don't understand how he has a job in the NFL. And it, when Daniel Jones have more yards than your running back, this is two weeks in a row. He had 90 yards. Um, that that RPO is, that they run in with Daniel Jones, is, I think it's underrated. He's It is. He's yeah. a good runner. It's He's just get some fault for tripping over himself. I mean, he was running. A runner back has like his size doesn't run eight yards like that. So like I, I understand, but you know, it's the meme and all that stuff. But the fact that the Washington football team trusted Tyler Henneke, which was his third career start, if I'm not mistaken, to throw yeah. 46 times over Daniel Jones to only throw 32. I think they need to let it rip a little bit more. It is Jason Garrett, so you get what you get with that. Yeah, especially because that offensive line is second to last in line yards and the team's dead last in running back yards last year. That's not a good run blocking line. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't care how electric Saquon is, you know, you're going to have to throw the ball if you can't run block at all. 
I, I mean, I, I'm disappointed in giving the Giants all this hype in the offseason based off their like offseason moves. I bought into the hype. I bought into the articles to like to to you know take them high and 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 rank them high. And now I'm just like we're looking I, silly I, right I sh- now. I'm looking silly. I should have trusted my gut that I was uh you know that I was really low on them. Um, real question though, do you guys think Heineke? Uh, is the real deal? Do you think that he could lead this team? Because I think he, I think he does. I like his decision making, and uh, when he decides to let it rip and take those risks, that one touchdown to the to the back of the end zone on the right side. Uh, I forget who received it. I don't know. I don't think it was Logan Thomas. I believe it was another tight end. Uh, his throwing ability is pretty nice when he trusts his arm. Just quick last thought on this game. Uh, do you guys think he got it? Oh, I think he does. Yeah. If you watch that second quarter where he completed, I believe what was it? like seven, eight passes in a row, something ridiculous. Like he was just picking apart that secondary. And that's not a bad secondary by any means. And you don't see a lot of quarterbacks do that at all, especially with a secondary that caliber. Like he's the real deal. And him and McLaurin could be something special if he continues to develop like this. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, even though I'm a Fitzmagic fan, we didn't see too much of him before he got knocked out, but you know he's capable of. Uh, when Tyler Heineke has two running backs in McKistic, who I would didn't even know it was relevant anymore, he took a lot of carries and pass catching from Antonio Gibson. Scary Terry, once Curtis Samuels comes, comes back, I think he's coming back in week four or five, um, I think they'll be just fine. So, yeah, I think Tyler Heineke, he proved they got this. And uh, he came from the XFL XFL practice squads so he i think he earned the right on his third career start to win in a, in a big game like this so yeah i'm gonna say yes all right moving on and uh joseph i'm gonna let you go ahead and and choose whatever game you would like to break down what if it was uh the rams go ahead but or another good game that you would like to break down i think the rams like unbiasedly i think that rams game is fascinating both looking at it from the rams perspective and indy's perspective because I think both teams did not play a very good game. They played solidly, but they made a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball. Well, what, what mistakes would you point out? Because I think it would be, if you're looking at it from a perspective of um, sloppiness, I kind of actually give Indy a little bit of credit for staying in this one. I, I I didn't think that they had it in them to make it close at the end. I mean, it looked like the Rams had it for most of it, so maybe there was more faults on the Rams for letting them get back in. Yeah, because... Granted, Wentz like was a magician, but at some point you have to bring him down when you get that close. And then you had three drops on third down, two of which from your set number two receiver. Like, though, we should not have gone three and out three times in a row that game. We should have had at least one first down, kept the chains moving. Like, they should not have been in that game at all. And I give a lot of credit to that team to stay in there because lesser teams will just fall behind. But Wentz pulled like some rabbits out of his hat there. David, um, I I seen a little bit of this. Uh, yeah, the it was touch and go for a while. But like, I love to see Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. That connection is oh my god! I remember week one, it was like one of his first passes. It was just a dime. He still got to like people thought like when Matthew Stafford went there, it wasn't gonna be good. Like, what are you saying? It is gonna be good. I still think Jared Goff. I don't think Jared Goff is washed. Um, I, I, I think Matthew Stafford is better than him, but that connection is great. And then um, for the for the defense, uh, Ben, but not break. Jalen Ramsey got that interception on Jacob Easton's, I think, second pass attempt in his career or whatever. So yeah. um, 
that was good to see Jalen Ramsey and like he wasn't relevant throughout the whole game until the last play and uh, which really sealed the deal. So Rams do got one of the best defense in the league and that just proves why um, Jalen Ramsey did put in some work. Carson Wentz does have two sprained ankles now. So, I mean, yeah, poor, poor guy. You can't get a goddamn break, man. He really can't like it's his back. It's his this, this and that. Now he has two sprained ankles, a uh, really key injury for this Colts who I thought they could pull up the upset. Lucas was mad because he had them plus four and they uh I had a minus four or minus four and they won by yeah. field goal. So it was a little upset, but um <laughs> Lucas is right there. He's like, okay, a pick six, or maybe that they run it in. That, that Ramsey interception, I thought they were getting to field goal range and maybe kick it one last time, but they uh, were gonna no, kick it. Uh, they were just because they opened up by six and then they give the get the Colts a shot. No. So yeah. it was unfortunate, but the Rams did come out a win. Two and looking good in one of the hardest divisions in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, this is tough. You get finally a great game out of Michael Pittman if you're the Colts and you get a fumble return for a touchdown. And, and it looks like one of those games where your defense is, is is doing enough to keep you in it and then that injury to Carson. Um, I didn't get to watch too much of this game, but you said he, Carson was looking like a magician. Uh, so he it, it looks like maybe it was another good outing for Carson after maybe – People were doubting him because first week, I didn't think it was his fault uh, for losing that game either. Yeah, because it's not the easiest thing in the world when you have Aaron Donald like coming at you full steam to like evade and get away from him and to do it twice and get passes off and not lose any yards is incredible. No matter who you are. (sighs) All right, moving on to I'm going to pick this game. The Minnesota Vikings versus the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Poor Viking fans. Ooh. Poor Viking fans. How many times is this going to happen? A kick where they just botch it at the very end of the game. Uh, game. It was a very good game going back and forth. Kyler Murray is talking about magicians. I think Kyler Murray is, I, I'd say, it's baby the, Yoda, best, man. the best quarterback uh, extending plays. I think he's better than Mahomes, and I think he's better than Lamar because uh, the way that he's able to just use his speed – Behind the line of scrimmage, you know, Lamar is more of a down, downfield runner. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's it's crazy athletic ability. But Kyler Murray, I don't think there's a more elusive quarterback in the pocket. I know he had two interceptions this game. But if you take a look at some of these highlights, it's just insane where he's rolling out to his left and then two defenders seem to be closing in on him. He just takes one step back. And without one step back, it's like a hardened step back, how much space he gets back. And then he just bombs it downfield. Um, he's he, truly crazy. And if I don't know if you guys seen uh, the radio call for the Vikings where uh, – yeah. <laughs> Did you see it, Joseph? You look like you're not yeah, even I, I know exactly what you were talking oh, about. They man. thought they won the game when they uh when they kicked that field goal uh but Kirk Cousins also had a great game too you waste a good outing from Kirk Cousins who threw like three touchdowns in less than like 11 attempts I think in like the first quarter uh so bizarre to see them drop this one I thought that Arizona was gonna come out firing on their defense because based off of uh, Chandler Jones performance last week uh but it was completely offensive game uh KJ Osborne for minnesota this guy's coming out of nowhere having a crazy outing five receptions for 91 yards it was just all offensive game and uh i think arizona got away with this one kind of like how they got away with some games last year but luck is on your side and and you create your own luck uh this arizona team could be could be frisky i don't know this nfc west is insane he they, they're an interesting team to watch this year 
Yeah, for sure. And Baby Yoda, man, they, that's I think that's the name. Earned him. Chandler Jones gave him that got nickname last week when he said uh, said something about his hair. And then you know they're going back and forth on Twitter. You know, all all good. Uh, but Baby Yoda, I mean, the way he just like you said, scramble not just scramble, but throws off his back foot. He throws a goddamn missile. Like it is so accurate, and his arm power is like a catapult. The way he just gets out of his hand, it's it's. It's kind of crazy to me. He did one last last week. Now he did another one when uh, uh, Randall or uh, what's his name? That Rondell. Rookie. Rondell Moore with that big. He was just wide open because you know they thought the play was sold, and like it's it's just amazing how he just off his back foot and then looks like he's gonna throw it away, but it's a, a sixty yarder, sixty plus yarder. It's insane yeah. to me how he does that. Um, the Cardinals did uh, really show some weaknesses in their defense. Um, I didn't think their defense was gonna be that good this year. Uh, week one really like wow, but then this one, you know, they get Kirk Cousins did throw three touchdowns on him. And the biggest thing, too, or another thing for me, too, is that I think Justin Jefferson, the hype over him is is kind of cooling down. And the Vikings got weapons. I mean, Dalvin Cook what, rushed for 161 yards, if I'm not 131, uh, 131, six, six yards per carry. Like that ain't gonna cut it when it comes to the playoffs. So I think Cardinals are gonna take this win. But they really gotta like evaluate. Like, all right, we gotta pick up on defense here. We can't just rely on Chandler Jones uh, getting to the quarterback every single play. So, clean up a couple things. They lucked out, but uh, Kyler Murray is the real deal. Yeah, his size because size is often a concern with quarterbacks. But if you are mobile and elusive like him, you know you are a much smaller target, especially when you're kind of ducking and weaving like he does to try and escape the play. It's very hard to bring someone like that down. Yep. So that's a huge plus for them defensively. You got to take advantage of Isaiah Simmons. This dude's a freak of nature. And you just have to utilize him, like, at least in some way. Because that's just going to make your defense better. Yeah, like Isaiah Simmons. He is versatile. He's like that, uh, what they call him, like a flex position with the safety linebacker. I don't know what they've called yeah, that. Hybrid. Hybrid, hybrid like that. Hybrid linebacker, but yeah, he did get a pick last week. But um, well, I want to see a lot more Isaiah Sims because I wanted Isaiah Sims over Justin Herbert. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was linebacker high. I was on some good shit that that draft draft week. But um, for the Vikings, him and Derwin James would have been sick if utilized property properly. Yep. Uh, for one thing, for the Vikings, man, you just have to gotta be devastated. I mean, you dropped the ball week one, and you try to come back. Um, late game heroics with your offense and then you finally get a good performance and and you thought the pieces on defense were going to stop the bleeding but it seems like you just can't get anything figured out and i don't know it feels like it's going to be a long season for the vikings if they don't get on a really good winning streak right now yeah for sure all, all right, right uh, uh one game I'll, I'll, uh, i called an upset or i don't know if it was an upset or not but i called it right and lucas called it wrong uh, putting that out there uh, was the Panthers and Saints game. Ooh, uh, I predicted 28 27 because I thought it was gonna be a little closer. I didn't really believe in the Jason Winston hype. And uh, talk about getting humbled. My boy <laughs> went 11 for 22, zero touchdowns <laughs> through the air, and two interceptions. He did have a rushing touchdown, but the lead, the, the lead receiver on the Vikings was Saints. I bet you guys or the Saints was little. Little Jordan, Lil Jordan Humphrey, little Jordan Humphrey with 27. That was his only reception. He just James Winston just couldn't get nothing done. I think this really shows that the Panthers' defense is pretty solid. I mean, 
you're you, are you going to try to tell me that the Panthers defense is better than the Green Bay Packers defense, even though James Winston threw five touchdowns? No, but this pa- Panthers defense is the real deal. J, uh, your boy JC Horn got his first career interception. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to do his thing through the through the air and on the ground. It's just it's just going to happen. I mean, you can't stop it. And I, these wide receivers, um, Terrence Marshall got in the, not too much, seventeen yards. I really want to see him break out. Roby Anderson was a big factor, but DJ Moore. I mean. It's it's hot and cold with both those guys, but uh, I really do like this Panthers offense, and I like their defense too. Nice and young, up and coming. And the Saints, they they're hurting for Michael Thomas right now. They need someone to step up. I don't know who's they're going to be because Kamara couldn't get it done either. Uh, they're going to need a lot of help on offense. And James Winston got super humbled, I think. Um, but I'm not praying for his downfall. I think he'll do good. Still, it's just the Panthers defense is really good this year. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm so hyped for this uh, Panthers defense. They were the team that I covered a little bit in our power rankings in the offseason. They had four sacks this game. Brian Burns, Daquan Jones, Hassan Reddick, and Morgan Fox. Brian Burns is a beast, and Hassan Reddick, uh, that acquisition from the Cardinals, I believe, uh, is huge. This this uh, defensive line is, is kind of nasty, and you said Jeremy Chin as well. Um, they're they're going to be a nasty team up and coming especially on the defensive side because of how many young studs they got over there and they still got like deep uh draft picks from year or two ago like your tour gross mottos and others that are just like Derek brown as well that are just going to mature and, and start to really develop a lot of uh chemistry with this team uh first round pick this year jc horn didn't really get too much uh noise this week but if this team just continues to keep growing on defense another great performance uh, with what they got on offense, I like Sam Darnold. I think that 305 yards, or he got sacked for a little bit, so we went down to 294 with two TDs and one pick. Uh, not too bad. I mean, not too shabby for a Carolina team. This this is another interesting team in the NFC. That uh, don't be surprised if they're like a frisky wild card team that messed something up in the first round for a, a higher seeded team. Yeah, because I had surprisingly Carolina as a playoff team this year. Because I'm a believer, Joe. Brady being able to work with Sam Arnold and kind of salvage him all of what Tannehill happened to Tannehill in, t- in Tennessee. But I did not expect the defense to be as good as it is. Like Jeremy Chin and JC Horn together is nasty. Defensive line is nasty. And the fact that they're all young and learning together just makes mm-hmm. them like that much more formidable, getting a nice chemistry going. This Panthers team is going to be scary dangerous if you don't take them seriously. Yep. This was the one thing, though, I'll say for the Saints that, uh, you know, I'm not going to give Jameis Winston too much crap for one of these interceptions because it was at the end of the half. But, you know, the, the thing we wanted to see was how well does he perform under pressure? And is he is he the same Jameis Winston? Um, what kind of version we're going to get uh, so far? It's not a good one. 11 for 22, 80 yards and two picks. Um, we'll see how the Saints team responds because after a crazy week one, things change. So. All right, Joseph, what, te- uh, what game would you like to break down next? Uh, let's t- talk about Raiders-Steelers. I thought that Ooh, was yeah. super interesting. I think a lot of it kind of goes to like, okay, TJ Watt got hurt. Yeah, that was so a That played a huge role. But at the same time, you know, Derek Carr looks like 2016 Derek Carr. That's true. Yeah. And it's kind of now like, were we not paying attention to him? Like, if you kind of go back and look, he's been kind of doing this under the radar 
for the past few seasons. And now he's got his moment to shine, and this defense looks great. Yeah, this was the the breakout game for me for Henry Ruggs. He had five receptions for 113. This is an attacking team downfield. Um, They're super interesting. They didn't even need Josh Jacobs this game. Um, Maybe he wouldn't have done too much against uh, Steelers front seven that was really terrorizing the Bills just a week ago. But, um, if yeah, you said it. With Derek Carr playing like this, the sky might be the limit because they have playmakers all over this team. Even with uh, uh, some questions among the offensive line, uh, this this game right here, two and zero for the Raiders, and now atop of the AFC West with tied with uh, the Broncos. I mean, they're they're a frisky team too. It's super early, and I, to say they would they have a chance to win a division is crazy. But um, you play mistake free football, and you have good game plans coming out with John Gruden. I, I don't think I've believed in a John Gruden team yet. This is probably the first team that I could maybe get behind. I mean, he's he's had gotten off to good starts before, though, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, but on that end, though, yeah, was, but it's a really good start, though. Yeah, Derek Carr is looking good. Um, I never really been a hater, of Derek Carr. I know I'm a I'm a Charger fan, so I'm a Raider hater in general. But like. He's accurate, and he could throw those yards. Last week, it was most. He had five quarters to get to four hundred, but he had four quarters, almost got to four hundred here. Um, I didn't like how they didn't utilize Drake and Payton Barber as much, though. So I really well because I had him in fantasy. Um, I think they should have started Kenyon Drake over Payton Barber. I think he was just a better back, both pass catching and running. But they still got the dub, and um, Henry Ruggs finally broke out. You know, he had one hundred thirteen. Excuse me. Um, 113 yards on five catches, like he said, and a touchdown. Uh, he's a speedy guy, and uh, you know a lot of people doubted him week one, and it was Brandon Edwards. I think it's going to be whoever steps up because they don't really have a solid wide receiver. One Hunter Renfro could be that guy, Darren Waller could be that guy, yeah. Rugs or Edwards. It's kind of a low key um, offense you got here. Like next week, it might be Willie Sneed. He's on that team. Um, you really never know who's going to be, and. Um, when you break it down, this Raider team can be a little dangerous, and their defense, Max Crosby, they got Denzel Perriman, who had the uh, he had the the most tackles on the team of six. But like this defense could be something. It's just I'm just waiting for Gruden to screw something up, and it's just a matter of time that it will. So I'm not worried about the Raiders winning the division or even getting a wild card because John <laughs> Gruden finds a way to screw screw things up. On the game back to 1997, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lucas has a weird conspiracy that uh, John Gruden went back to the Raiders just to sabotage him. Yeah, just to get a little bit of some revenge. I don't know. He's, I mean, you've seen him in the booth. He, he's he's all about bananas. I don't know. But um, for for the Steelers, uh, I'm concerned about this offense. Another one where I'm just a weird performance from Big Ben. I don't know how to feel. I know Deontay Johnson went off, but uh, only one touchdown. Th- through three quarters against this Raiders team. Uh, I'm just not seeing it. Najee Harris isn't really um, a big factor for this team yet. So I don't know. Uh, Steelers, man, I I know they were really good on defense, but without TJ Watt, it's like a whole different – it feels like a whole different identity. Yeah. All right. Is it my turn now to call a game? Yep, yep. All right. I'm going to choose the Titans – and the Seahawks. Oh my goodness. Uh we should have had a end of the game safety. I'll say that first. Um yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh we finally got a crazy game from 
none other but King Henry. Kind of, I feel like it kind of took him a little bit to get going, but he's kind of like that running back where you just got to feed him, and eventually he's going to break it. I mean, I think it was last year, or maybe a couple years ago, where it was seemed like he just got a sixty-yard run. Uh, it was inevitable, like yeah, it was going to happen in the first quarter or the fourth quarter, but it, it was going to happen, guaranteed. And he finally got his sixty-yarder this game. He ended up with thirty-five carries for one eighty-two and three touchdowns ryan Tannehill was was solid on the day uh 320 total yards but no touchdowns uh but that's fine as long as you got derrick henry and julio jones finally got over 100 robbed of a td though uh apparently and uh there was another bad taunting game this this game and but i was surprised for the titans to come out like this honestly i thought that seattle was gonna uh you know, be, be solid on defense. The defensive front looks good again. Bobby Wagner had over 20 tackles this game, I believe. Do while and out. <laughs> which was crazy. And I, and I just didn't think the Titans had it in them to go into Seattle and do this. This is a huge win for them. Um, I think people are a little bit overreacting, though, because their defense is still very spotty. Yeah. But but to come out and win like this was, is great in Seattle because it's not an easy thing to do. Thing with the thing with this Titans team is they're offensive heavy. Last week we didn't see too much. I think it was just all these, you know, well, it was mostly Julio Jones getting incorporated, how they're going to use him, and he wasn't really utilized week one. Now he was, so he, like I said, he had what 100, 100 and some yards, and a touchdown would have had two. Um, Tanny Hill slinging it, Derrick Henry. I mean, when you have Derrick Henry on your team, I mean, you always got a shot. This dude just is a monster. So much bigger. I think they should have lied to him even more. He did have 35 carries, though. But the, yeah. the Seahawks have one guy, and it's Tyler Lockett. And this dude is just a monster. I mean, it's kind of making DK Metcalf irrelevant. It's it's crazy. And and the other thing is, is the run game. Chris Carson, I just don't like that run. He, he had thir- 31 yards on 13 carries, averaging 2.4 yards per carry. He did have two rushing touchdowns, goal line touchdowns. But Russell Wilson, I think... <sighs> I think he needs a little bit more of weapons. Is you know he's trying. I think he's doing too much to make things happen, but it's mostly on their defense. It should have been a safety. The dude did get tackled. No forward progress on this on the goal line. It should have been game over. But I, I don't know. This ref, this refereeing this year is officiating is just dog shit to be honest. But uh, a good win for the Titans. Good bounce back win. They could use this momentum forward because uh, I don't think they're gonna make it that far in the playoffs with that defense to be honest. Yeah, I think one thing like that kind of has gone under the radar and is kind of terrifying if this trend continues, so I'm not going to overreact to one game. Derrick Henry had six catches. If you have to worry about Derrick Henry catching <laughs> passes out of the backfield, their second leading receiver. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that would be... Oh, damn. If he becomes a dual threat, he might just get the MVP wrapped up. Talk about talk about threats though. I mean, Tyler Lockett though, eight receptions for one seventy eight. My boy, oh my gosh, and he oh had God. he had he only had six receptions and he, and he already crossed the hundred yard mark. I um, hate as a fan of an NFC West rival how much I love watching Wilson just throw a deep ball and it hangs up there for Lockett. It's so beautiful, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. All right, moving on, David. Where would you like to go next? Let's talk about the Ravens and Chief game. I mean, oh my God, great game! Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw his first interception in this month. That is crazy to think. I know, right? Uh, but this this um, Ravens team kind of held their own. I mean, not so much to Kelsey 
and that Brian Pringle uh, touched. Oh, no, that DeMar DeMarcus uh, Robinson touchdown was beautiful. But the hell Tyree kill to 14 yards is a pretty big achievement in itself. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, he was throwing some duds in the first half. He threw this. He threw in triple coverage. I mean, uh, the missed Patrick, a, he missed a wide open Hollywood Brown too. A couple yeah. times. That that's that's like a daily occurrence. You could there could be film of him overthrowing um, Hollywood Brown, and I wouldn't know what week it's from because it's like every week. You know, I could just say, "Oh, is that from week three? Is that what from week four? Like it, it just always happens. But he did it. Get, he did get it done on the ground. One seven. He or one hundred seven yards. So and two touchdowns, averaging six point seven yards per carry. Everyone knows he's going to get his buck on the ground. And that critical fourth and one, uh, Harbaugh's like, "Do you want to go for it?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go for it." And it's hard to stop Lamar Jackson. Once you have, it, it, like Lamar Jackson, it's yeah. just so hard to contain him. It's just because he's all over the place. But um, it was a close one. As a Charger fan, I'm starting to become a Raven fan. I mean, or just just a Raven fan for this week because I just can't stand the Chiefs. But uh, it was a good game, entertaining game, and uh, Lamar Jackson got it done. I, I didn't. It was a little sloppy. Two interceptions, two hundred thirty-nine yards, only one touchdown, but three touchdowns altogether. Tyson Williams, I think, is the real deal. Uh, you even seen uh, Latavius Murray in there. Devontae Freeman. It was kind of weird yeah. seeing those guys there. But uh, if the Ravens, if they got to stay to this style of football, they can't try to throw it. You know, like other conventional teams. If this is the way they're winning, they got to keep it that way if they want to keep winning. And I, it sucks because I want Lamar Jackson to evolve into a great passer. But I think once Rashawn Bateman comes, maybe that will happen off the IR. But for now, this is their style of play, and you got to play to it. Yeah, because Greg Roman like is just genius with his run schemes. You know what I mean? Like If Devonta Freeman is busting out runs like he right. did at the, his age, it's really on how the line is blocking and how the it's all schemed up. And with the dual threat of Lamar, like this run game is probably one of the best in a long, long time. Like, unfortunately, as much as I hate to admit it, because I love Lamar Jackson, I want him to succeed as a passer too, but he's regressed as a pocket passer from his MVP yep. campaign. And I don't think that was sustainable to begin with anyways. Yeah, yeah, but a true number one like Bateman, I think, is going to get him to I honestly where he needs to be as a passer, because yeah. you don't need to be like Patrick Mahomes as a passer. You know what I mean? If you're just an average passer with his ability, you're a top five quarterback, and you're you might be, really you might be the number one quarterback to be honest. If you're if you're just a little bit more uh, competent, I, I I think the biggest notes for me is just no no points in the fourth quarter for the Chiefs. Um, that interception. Is is cru is crazy. Um, the fact that that's the first one in history uh, for Mahomes in September, and uh, Odafi away. I'll say this: uh, he used to be Jason away. I think he changed his name. Uh, this kid's a stud. He was making plays all week one and uh, week two as well with the fumble and uh, game changing player. And and it's crazy how the how the Ravens just keep hitting these home runs out the park in in the draft. And this is a type of pick that will change games and, and maybe just elevates his team to the next level. He's the type of player that can win you a playoff game for sure. Yeah. And the, the Ravens, uh, what an incredible game to go for two and, and, and to pull this out. Uh, I don't think there's, there's much I can say for the chiefs because we're so, it's so blase to see them put up so many points. Um, 
I, I just I'm just mad probably that we got robbed of this game so early in the season. Maybe we should have got this later on this matchup. I would give props to Lamar Jackson for that jump throw. ESPN is going to be all over that. Bleacher Report is yeah. going to be all over that. Every goddamn single sporting. You know what? You probably already heard it. You don't hear it from me, but that was a pretty athletic play. I mean, it was pretty hard. With surrounding him, he had like an inch around him, jump play, throw it You know, um, to Hollywood Brown, I believe, for a 41-yard t- uh, touchdown. It's pretty impressive. That's all I'm going to say about it because you're probably hearing everyone else talk about it for the next year until You've someone else it already on Twitter all the damn time I'm over it. It's Patrick. It's either, if it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's Lamar Jackson and I'm over it. Um, next game. Thank you. Next. Oh, I do want to, I do want to mention I was off by one leg in my five team parlay. I had the lions to cover 11, the dolphins to lose more by three, uh, the Rams to go over 48 and the giants to go over 40. And the one I lost was the Bengals not covering the 2.5. Um, and I lost. Oh, but the Lions didn't cover today. Or I mean to not cover 11. My bad. Mm. It was opposite. I, these, I, I, this betting shit confuses me all the time. <laughs> but I lost by one leg. It was the Bengals. And and you, you say you didn't want to touch it. Mm. And I should have went free. You know, I should have trusted. I, I don't know. I lost by one leg. That's all I got to say. I was, I was pretty upset about that. All right. Uh, we could start to speed through a lot of these games now just because a lot of these morning games are kind of boring. Uh, how about the Bills and Dolphins? Just quick reaction. 35-0. Um, Tua gets hurt, and yeah. it's an absolute route by Josh Allen and the boys. I had the Dolphins upsetting. Only if Tua was in there, I thought the Bills were going to stay lacking, but they didn't. They took advantage of it, and um, they just finished business. Zach Moss, two touchdowns. Um, they're still trying to figure out that runner back room, but Everywhere else is good, and they just execute on Tua and even picked off Brissett uh, Brissett once. So it was just a it was a bad dealt hand. And Will Fuller didn't play; he was a healthy scratch for personal reasons. So I think that was a factor too. But it was unfortunate for the Dolphins. Yeah, Bills defense looks like it's coming back almost to 2019 form. So you have 2019 Bills defense with 2020 Bills offense. Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say uh, another game where Devin Singletary had a nice, efficient game. 13 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Um, if they get more running game action, that'd be crazy. All right. Uh, how about Patriots versus Jets? Uh, Zach Wilson throws four interceptions this game. The Patriots um, easily cruise to a victory here. Quick reactions. Um, Mac Jones looked you know, pretty accurate. 22 for 30, 186 yards. Uh, but he didn't have to do much. They got it done on the ground, and their defense took care of it. So seeing those, like, if you just look at the numbers and not watch the game, you'd be like, oh, Mac Jones only had that. Uh, but they didn't have to do much because the defense put him in great spots. Um, Michael Carter, the rookie, I like seeing him, 59 yards for 5.4, 5.4 yards per carry. Um, but Zach, Zach Wilson just needs to not make those mistakes. It's a rookie. I wanna, I don't blame him. Um, tough. It was a tough matchup to begin with. Jets are going to be struggling all year, so expect this moving forward. I think you just got to protect Zach Wilson first and foremost. You know, he can't be running for his life back there every single play. And on top of that too, I think Zach Wilson's got to learn to play a little bit more like Mac Jones. You know, don't Mm. put him into that box, but don't try and hit a home run every play. That's how you throw four interceptions every time, especially against a Belichick defense. Yeah, that's tough. All right. How about this game? The Cincinnati Bengals going towards 
Chicago dropped the ball in this one. Chicago had a nice defensive outing for most of this game. It looks close in the final score, but it was mostly garbage time to get back uh to make it to make it close we got a little justin fields action and i think um they said andy dalton should be back and by the time he's healthy it should be the starter um i am completely still in disagreement with that um how do you feel about that joseph i really asked you about justin fields justin fields like he looked the real deal in the preseason year i mean granted you're playing preseason defense but yeah you want him to sit and learn for it a little bit i kind of get that you know what i mean but this is your jobs on the line and i think even without the seasoning that you kind of want to give him, he's better than Andy Dalton. He just adds so much more and is a more dynamic athlete. I don't know why you are continuing to sit him, especially with scheme fit being the reason why. Mm. Andy Dalton is not a good scheme fit anywhere anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> he really isn't. Um Joe Burrow with two TDs, but three interceptions this game. It seemed like the Bears, they're the most underrated defense out there just because they're so boring. But you got to remember, this team in 2020, uh, in a 2020 year where everyone's such an electrifying offense, we're holding teams to under 20 points. It seems like they're doing it again. Uh, that's my thoughts on them in this game. David, any last thoughts? Yeah, so the whole Justin Field thing, he went 6 for 13, 60 yards and an interception. This was just a bad matchup for him. I think he, skill-wise he's better, but I think the Bears, like they did with Trubisky, committed to one and don't want to, I think in their eyes, I said this in the last podcast, they don't want to look dumb in their own eyes, which is boomer, like to give up on a guy real quick. Yeah. But like you drafted this guy for a reason. You know, the, the fan base wants him. What else do you need if he's not ready – then I I think him not ready is even better than Andy Dalton. I said maybe he has more experience, but that's not going to cut it. He had the injury, so maybe it's Justin Fields' time. Week four, they versus the Lions. So if you want to bring him out, debut him then, because after that, I think it's the Steelers, Bucks. Um, they versus some hard defenses then. So I would get him, uh, get his feet wet before um, those big hard matchups. I can understand not starting him week one with Aaron Donald coming straight at you and you have to yeah. throw to Darius Willie. In the secondary, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. I totally get sitting him week one, but week yeah. two is when he should have played. Yeah. I like him week four, though, against the Lions. Yeah. All right. Another game where, unfortunately, a quarterback gets out uh, the Texans versus Cleveland's Rod Taylor getting hurt. And I don't know. I, I have I forget the injury that he had, but uh, he's going to be out for quite a bit. That's a uh, uh, grade two hamstring injury. I don't know if this might be the end of the road for Toronto. I mean, he's up there in age, so uh, he's, I mean, uh, he, he's still got some. You see him week one. I know it's the Jaguars, but he, he looks fire. He's week thirty-two. One. What do you mean he's up in age? What? How old is Tom Brady? Fucking. I don't know. I, I think uh, it's different when like, yeah, uh, when you get like battered physical age. You know, like, like I don't know. I know he didn't get hurt hurt last year because of like. Well, a physical a injury, but he got hurt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just feels like he's constantly out. So it feels like he's just aging in that in that aspect. I think the only bright spot here for the Texans is Brandon Cooks. Really, is a wide receiver one. I keep forgetting um, about him. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. nine receptions for seventy eight yards and a touchdown. Um, when you're the only real X factor on your team, and defenses which we expect the Cleveland. I don't know about you, Joseph, but we expected the Cleveland Browns to be some somewhat of a de really good defense um, this year, and you still can't stop a guy like Brandon Cooks. Uh, severely underrated, but Cleveland takes care of business here, 31-21. It was kind of interesting in the beginning of the game, but it definitely got away from him. 
Davis Mills, starting quarterback now. Let's go. Uh, you got some good – I mean, you got you got Cooks and you got Phillip Lindsey. So I think that's somewhere good to start at Mark Ingram. Uh, the Browns, I think uh, Jarvis Landry got injured too. So some guys like Demetric, Felton, Harrison Brown, Austin Hooper, Rashawn Higgins are going to have to step up, which they didn't do the greatest, but those guys are going to step up because I think OBJ is going to be out for a week. I need to drop him fantasy, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, and people, Jones, you know, really yeah. good underrated receiver. Yeah, he had one catch for 14 yards, but he is a big play guy, and I, I would like to see more of him moving forward. Any thoughts, Joseph? I just think, like, I'm not ready to hit the panic button on the Browns defense, but I'm going to start panicking if I'm a Browns fan. You know what I mean? Mm. Troy Hill is not a, a cornerback, too. Unfortunately, I like him. He did well with the Rams, but it was more how he was used in that defense more than him as a player, unfortunately. And then you just kind of need someone else other than Miles Garrett to kind of free up on that pass rush. I agree. I mean, we thought that they were going to be such a huge step up with their offseason acquisitions, and it still has yet to pan out. All right. How about this game? The 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles, a really low-scoring game, a defensive match for most of it. And uh, yeah, I think – I don't know about how you feel, David, but I feel a lot better about this Eagles team. I know the fact that they lost is – it's it's still a blemish, but um, the fact that they kept up and kept this such a close game with uh, San Francisco, I feel a lot better about both of their lines, offensive and defensive, to 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 really be huge X factors. And Jalen Hurts could really start uh, improving. And 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 I don't know. This is an interesting team. The thing with the 49ers is they just can't not get to break with the injuries. Mitchell's and in co- concussion protocol. Hasty's injured too. Um, Brandon Ayuk, who I dropped in fantasy, he had one catch for six yards. They got to get other dudes involved besides Debo and Kittle. Um, Guan Jennings didn't have a touchdown, but like, where's Trey Lance? I don't know if I'm ready to say to put Trey Lance in, but maybe that's what you need. They did win, so like, it's not bad, but like, um, they got, they got, you know, they, they got out of this one with the win. And Jalen Hurts didn't have no touchdowns. Um, he did have a rushing touchdown. He is effective on the ground, so that is something to look forward to. Um, a guy stepped up for them, Quetz Watkins, 117 yards on two two catches. Like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Gainwell uh, is a is a sleeper name. I know he didn't do so great, but he might be a guy that could burst on the scene just like this Watkins guy. So Eagles, you know, I was kind of I ranked them 30th in the power rankings. They're kind of switching my mind even with this loss. So uh, Eagle fans, you know, it's not going to be a bad year because based on that division too. So it's a it's a toss up 49ers. I'm just I'm just concerned with their injuries and what they're gonna do. I mean, who they might even get Todd Gurley. Who knows? That'd be good though. That'd be funny to get Todd Gurley in the division, his old division. Excuse yeah. me. But yeah. I'm done trying to understand the 49ers. Like Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> an offensive genius, but I don't know anymore. I'm high on Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon doesn't play. Everyone's high on Ayuk. I trade up for him. Play. Like, come on, guys. But yeah, that, Eagles, I'm confused as well. Go ahead. But the Eagles, man, they are a physical team. I did not expect them to be as physical as they are. So if you're not ready to get down and dirty in the trenches, this is a team that will beat you up and just be difficult to play against. Brandon, Brandon Graham did get a season. Uh, oh, yeah. I think ACL or something. He's out for the season, Brandon Graham. He's up there in age, but he was the, um, the probably the most physical guy on the line. So... Uh, uh, I'm kind of like 60-40 still on the Eagles. 
Yeah. I just, really, I, I feel a lot better about them. I mean, this this game proved it to me that they're um, a tough team to beat every week. They're going to be, as long as they stay healthy, they're going to be, be tough to beat. They'll be tough. I want to see more Devontae Smith like week one. I want to see, he's, I love him. I love Devontae Smith. Joseph, yeah, to address your issues with, uh, with the 49ers and trying to understand them. I think it just comes down to quarterback, to be honest. I know that their running back issue is, is, is uh, I mean, it's committee. It's always going to be committee over there and uh, probably going to get a lot more Trey Sermon now. But uh, I think we're, we're ready for Trey Lance. Honestly, there's some people out there calling for it, and they were calling out Garoppolo for his terrible passes on these screen plays yeah. and the fact that they kept running it over and over again and couldn't even convert it. Uh, I think it is time for Trey because yeah, I understand wanting to sit Trey Lance. Like, I'm going into the preseason, I'm like, okay, let's sit Trey Lance. He's very raw as a prospect. Let's get him to learn, develop, clean up the mechanical mistakes that have him, like, missing passes in the intermediate. But then you realize he opted out in 2020. He, If he sits a year, he won't play in 2021. Wow. That's two years without football. And he only and played, he like – needs to see some game action. Yeah, he only played, like, 20 – 20 some games in college right in north dakota state he he played less than 30 or some crazy like he didn't have that much i don't even think he hit 20 games in college yeah it was something like he didn't have an interception in college too and this is the same school for carson wentz not saying anything there's a connection there but uh i think he's yeah super raw talent and um i don't know what they're waiting for maybe they should send him more but once garoppolo gets injured and i'm not saying i'm not hoping it will but i'm just saying with his history it might so you might see some train lands pretty soon but i don't know when that run game is just everyone's injured. I don't know who's gonna run it. I don't know. It's it's, it's that backfield is crazy. Yeah, they're off. It, it, it is a crazy situation there. All right, moving on to the Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars. The Broncos two and zero atop of the division of the AFC West. Teddy Bridgewater, he is leading the league in most passes past twenty yards. Could you have believed that? Would you have believed that after two weeks? I don't think anyone would have. Portland Sutton with a huge game, nine receptions, one fifty nine. You did say that. Javante Williams, your boy Joseph, uh, was the leading rusher for the Broncos. Didn't get past seventy yards. He had thirteen carries for sixty four. But that's all that they needed to do. Tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence seeing ghosts again. Uh, 114 total yards on fourteen of thirty three and two interceptions against this tough defense. I get it. But uh, it's not a good-looking start for the rookie. I mean, he did have that, like, incredible touchdown throw. You know what I mean? Like, you can see the Trevor Lawrence that everyone's super excited about. But I think it's on the coaching, man. Yeah. I'm looking at Urban Meyer. He's do- I don't know what he's doing with Lawrence. And I get, like, you're super excited to work with him. But you're doing something wrong here. He should not be looking this bad and this indecisive at times. I, I completely agree. David David has his own take on it, yeah. Yeah, because I'm Jaguar David here. Um, it's my temporary team I took over this year. And I was real excited coming into this year. You know, Trevor Lawrence, it's just Urban Meyer. He's bringing that college mentality in. It's not going to work. Like James Robinson had three carries for 17 yards. Oh, no, three catches for 17 yards. Only 11 carries for 47 yards. I think he's honestly the key to this offense. I think he could be like the Austin Eckler of this team. He could do both. And then you got Marvin Jones who – it's staying relevant. Um, he's not that old. I just thought he was just wasn't there. And you got Lavishius to know. I think you need to utilize him more. He's a fast guy. And uh, Tyron Johnson was uh, didn't get any throws, but he's a Charger, um, ex ex Charger, sad sad boy, three thousand. It they just so like this whole team is so raw and young, and I think they just got to be patient. They're trying too much, and like Trevor Lawrence has five interceptions on the year so far. Um, I think I love that he's slinging it. 
he's not scared to, but mm-hmm. you know, make those choices and decisions a little better. Patrick Sustain did, did get his first interception. Um, this color son, I told you he's gonna bounce back from the ACL. He had 160 yards. Dude is a wide receiver one, legit. Now, now that Jerry Judy's out, unfortunately, out for eight weeks, this dude's just gonna thrive. And I love Corin Sun, um, one of my favorite wide receivers. And uh, they still got some good guys, Noah Fan, Tim Patrick, Melvin Gordon could still catch it. So and Teddy B is looking pretty legit. I mean, he's he's the guy. I mean, Drew Locke, I kind of forgot Drew Locke existed. Uh Teddy B is the guy. Excited yeah. for him. He's a very high floor player, you know what I mean? But the fact that he's just slinging it deep, like where did this come from? Yeah, <laughs> people forgot how great he was. He That's was what really I'm saying. good. It's just been I- a while. It's been a while, and uh, it's been a while since the Broncos had a, a really good quarterback. Maybe since Peyton Manning, but when's the last time you know they've been relevant at the quarterback position? Uh, it feels like forever ago, and they have the weapons to do it for sure. They, they did go through like eight different quarterbacks: Paxton Lynch. Um, oh my God, I can't remember any of their names, but they I remember their face and how bad they did. Osweiler was there for a little bit. Like they went through a bad stretch of quarterbacks, and. Um, I don't know what the Broncos are going to do this offseason. They might get a quarterback, but I'm cool with Teddy B. I'm cool with him. I would stick with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, yeah, this I like is not that. a good quarterback class coming up, and there's yeah. not anyone I can see becoming available that's better than Bridgewater and will make that much more of a difference. Yep, that's true. I think so, going to get a lot of Fields is going to haunt them. Yeah. And like when in doubt, Drew Locke could still make plays. He, he could come back. You know, like he's a good second option at quarterback. The stage is set for Aaron Rodgers to come. There, I mean, the stage yeah. is set for one of them to get a, a massive free agent. If Deshaun Watson clears his name, then it's yeah. either Watson yeah. or Rodgers. So we'll see. This West is getting crazy. All right, last few last two games. We got the uh, Atlanta Falcons going to Tampa Bay, and oh my Yikes. gosh, Tom, Tom Brady dropping five touchdowns. This is freaking annoying. Gronk guys. has four touchdowns of the year, and. Uh, Mike Davis is not looking great. Cardell Patterson, though, I mean, he's getting it done both through the air and the ground. We know he could do this when he was with the um, Bears. Mike, was he with the Bears? Am I? Who am I? Yeah, he was with the Bears. He was an old time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Ryan, I did, he did sling it. He did throw it forty six times, three interceptions, two touchdowns. But ah, uh, man, the fucking years, dude, just so just high powered. Tom Brady, dude, he only. Threw for 36 times with five touchdowns. And like, yeah. Mike Evans had two touchdowns. You have Chris Gowan. And if you don't, you have OJ Howard. Then if you don't, you have Antonio Brown. If you don't, then it's Giovanni Bernard, Ronald Jones, Cameron Bray, Tyler, even down to Tyler Johnson, the rookie last year from uh, ASU, I believe. Like, who, who are you going to cover? And especially <laughs> with this defense, who's, this defense is not great to begin with. It's, yeah. It's going to be a long season for Atlanta Falcon fans. Remember when OJ Howard was their like third weapon? Now they have a million weapons. I named them all. They they get everyone involved, even if it's just one catch. Like they yeah. get them involved. So that's why I would hate to have any fancy. Maybe Gronk is probably the only go-to guy because the history and he just catches everything. Like he got glue on his hands. But like this Buccaneer team is going to be very hard to stop. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna suck for teams that versus. Oh, I, it's, it's the Hydra. Cheap. You take one of them out, two more emerge. You're like, where'd they come from? Yeah. It, it's like a God card, bro. They're like exo- Exodia. <laughs> they got all the pieces, bro. <laughs> no, seriously. Is, is there even a defense out there you guys think could match up with them? Maybe the Broncos? Like, maybe? Maybe the Rams. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. That's tough. 
That's tough. I know the Rams played him well last year, but they don't have Trey Hill and John Johnson anymore. And that's kind of what made the difference is Troy Hill can cover that third receiver because Williams and Ramsey will lock up two guys no problem. I like your boy Williams, though, man. I like him a lot. Super underrated. I think he had the lowest passer rating against when targeted in 2020. Yeah, you you mentioned him, Lucas. Yeah, he's my spotlight player for the Rams this year. Um, I guess the one good thing for the Falcons, if we're going to touch on them, I mean, Kyle Pitts finally got involved. Five receptions, 73. I thought he had a touchdown this game. I guess they took I it off he the did board. Too. Um, I just wanted he had a touchdown because I got the update. on. So maybe <laughs> I don't remember. All he right. Knowing the NFL refs, he was in, and then they took it away. Oh. Uh, it was such a bad week, too, for the refs. I think we put them in the pain club. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we did talk about the Chargers and Cowboys game on our Chargers podcast. Go ahead and check that out. It's a lot more in-depth. Um, yeah. I, we, I guess we really only talked about the Chargers there. For the Cowboys, though, I, I'll give a f- quick love for them. Uh, Tony Pollard seems like RB1 almost over there. I mean, the Chargers cannot stop him. He's getting 20 yards a pop over there. Uh, and the Cowboys' offense looks insane. Yeah, uh, there's, They're probably up there with the Chiefs and Bucks. I mean, I don't think there's... There's um, a much higher ceiling than them, to be honest, with Dak and and his ability. Um, and their defense actually looks a lot better too. They're playing a lot more faster and aggressive. And and, and Michael uh, Parsons at first first time since high school playing defensive end, four hits and I think a sack. Eight uh, pressures. Eight pressures. Yeah. Uh, really underestimated it, this Cowboy defense. And Trevon Diggs, the second year player. Oh my gosh! And I mean, he was I mean, getting. I mean, I've hope he has a good year because he got thrown in a really shitty situation the cb1 last year and he just got mossed and just tossed right right all over the spot but you know what they're human we all went through covid last year covid year and i told you i mean these second year rookies are gonna have breakout seasons just because of how how much they were thrown into the fire last year and and that just that just amplified their growth and trevon Diggs, man i mean he's filling up that void that they haven't had a corner since byron jones and so i mean this cowboys team i feel a lot better for them to be honest uh because their defense is the one that's lacking and all of a sudden they have so many pieces and their linebacking depth is insane um they, they can make some noise yeah, if Michael Gallup's your wide receiver three, you're a good offense. Yeah, <laughs> he could be a wide receiver one easily on a couple teams. All right, last game, the Monday Night Football game, the Lions <laughs> and the Packers. First oh off, God, I, was, I was down by 100 points in fantasy, and my last three players were Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Robert Tanyan. And he I almost, almost made, made that comeback. I got 90 points. 90 points from all three of those guys, man. I, I mean, I, I know I took the, the guy had 177 points. Okay, guys, uh, my, my opponent. So, goddamn. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, shout out to those boys for getting it done, for almost getting it done for me. And, and I'll, I'll say this. For the Packers, uh, they needed a bounce-back game like this for sure to just reassure everyone, not even just the fans, but themselves after such a devastating performance in week one. Uh, but you finally get... A good Aaron Rodgers, four TDs, no interceptions. He did get sacked a couple of times, and it was an interesting game for the first quarter and a half. Um, but it's the Packers and it's the Lions, and I mean, no one's really surprised here. Did you see that guy who had the sixteen-legged parlay? He oh gets every God. single um, team right. He gets every single team right, and he had the Lions winning, and his cash out was fucking 
insane and he lost it i think it was like 125,000 or something it was like crazy yeah. but, that, but the, the, the lions yeah. odds probably really boosted it was right plus there. 400 yeah mm-hmm. and but at the same time like oh my gosh but to get 16 I, games right or 15 that's insane that's insane yeah. i would have cashed out i would have cashed out i would have kept i would have been like especially with the lions i'm like okay i'm good I'll take yeah, right. Yeah, I know well, Lucas took the Lions. It was a fun bet. And, you know, when we we're talking about it, he convinced me. Jared Goff ain't no scrub. I mean, people yeah. are forget like, people like he's washed. He's like, he's, dude, he's younger than me and he went to a Super Bowl. So I don't want to hear it. He could still get it done with those pieces around him. And um, Payne and Eli on Monday Night Football is like the greatest thing that happened in ESPN history. I mean, I swear to God, it's so funny yeah. and like it's so entertaining. I learned so much too because they're talking about like Payne Manny was talking about how. You come up with three plays when you go up to the huddle. I didn't even know that was even possible. I didn't know that like you could do that. He comes up with three plays and whatever <laughs> plays he sees, he calls in the ro- and like he could say maybe everything. only Peyton Manning could do that probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he was saying. He said three plays and then he'll read the defense, put a guy in motion. He could say everything he says and that not even change the play. Just covering different play. It's it's. I learned a lot from it honestly. And the, the like last week when he put the helmet on and Eli's like that shit don't even fucking. Fit you, you need an XL helmet. That shit was funny. Like it's it's pure entertainment. It's free on the NFL app. Um, oh, it's free. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was fun to see. Um, they had Brett Favre on there. They had Gronkowski. They had they get grass. It's so awesome to see those two guys just talking football. But uh, the Lions, I mean, they got some bite in them. They'll bite your knees off. And I think Dan Campbell is he's go. He don't care what anyone thinks. He doesn't care if he's the underdog. He's gonna fight to the last second. And the and the Lions are fighting. And it's. Pretty cool to see the Lions, even though they're 0-2. Um, they got some fight in them. I like them. I like you the make Lions. that comeback against the 49ers week one, you're kind of like, okay. Because as much as we'll make fun of Dan Campbell for that introductory press conference and just yeah. kind of how he behaves and talks, it works. He's motivating these guys. He's getting the best out of these players. And it was a pretty like bare-bones roster going into the season. Yeah, it's pretty thin everywhere. Yeah, him and the the Texans are kind of surprising a little bit. Um, T.J. Hawkinson's season, though, I mean, that's the that's oh, their best for player sure. for sure. This dude's gonna eat top. He's gonna finish top five, bro. This I was versing T.J. Hawkinson in fantasy, and they almost came back on me in one of my leagues, not the league we're in, but yeah, I made it close, eleven point win. But I was kind of stressing. I was like, oh shit, T.J. Uh, dropped twenty, so I was kind of I was kind of like, Whew. I was kind of on the hot seat. But yeah, good game. All righty, so that wraps it up for week two. Crazy week two in the books, week I guess. Books, yep. a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of boring games in the beginning, but there were some crazy. I still can't get over that Vikings call. Did you see it, David? Where the they thought that the oh, yeah, he's like, in. it's good, and then the guy's like, no, it's not. His voice went, Droom. it changed. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> my, tough, man. My favorite, my favorite moment, probably. Um, but I love Joseph, the Vikings radio announcers, yeah, oh, they, yeah. There are some compilations on YouTube. You could go down a rabbit hole with those guys. They're they're yeah, funny. They, they that, Brett, that Brett Favre interception. If you have time, guys, go look at that one. Um, but Joseph, thank you for coming on the show. Thank we you, appreciate you. you. Go thank ahead and uh, go ahead and plug uh, whatever you like to plug socials and uh, that you're writing. You follow on me baseball. on Twitter at Cooler Than You Joe. You can check out my work at Diamond Digest. I had an article up about Albert Pujols and his revitalization with the Dodgers. Theo Pujols. Love it. Roberto. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can find me, Sports Guy David, on all social media outlets, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And uh, you can see us, all three of us, on this podcast on Tough 
fantasy where I post all the fun fantasy stuff. We're in the league. Um, all that good stuff. Tough chargers, tough podcast, tough fantasy, all social medias, whatever you like, go ahead and follow. That'd be awesome. We got a lot of good charger content too coming up. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at sugarfree Lucas. So make sure you follow the tough podcast as well. All socials will be in the description. And if you guys would like to be on the podcast, just go ahead and shoot us a DM because without the fans, there would be no sports. So for Joseph, for David, and for me, thank you guys for listening. Have a good day. Later. Thank you.